by the police. Muhammad Yazin is the cousin of Mudassir. We were not in a clear state of mind and were asked to sign some papers. We just wanted to get the body for burial. But the senior doctor who examined him did acknowledge there were bullet marks and not grenade splinters. Later, the family was surprised to hear the police virgin. For Free Speech Radio News, I am Shanawaz Khan. Free Speech Radio News is a worker-run collective produced at Pacifica Station's KPFA in Berkeley and KPFK in Los Angeles. Simba Rousseau and Monica Lopez produce our newscast. Shannon Young is our headlines editor. Leanne Caldwell is our Washington editor. Our technical production team includes Eric Klein and Antonio Ortiz. For archives of this or any other FSRN newscast or documentary, you can check out our website at www.fsrn.org. You can email us your comments or story ideas at comments at fsrn.org. In Berkeley, I'm Brian Edwards-Tiekert, sitting in for Out of Bogato. Yo, I could swallow the sea. I could hold my breath and count to a zillion. I can fly. I can stretch and stretch for a million billion miles till I'm the highest man in the world. Yeah, well, I could become a giant robot with magic death rays. That's nothing, man. I can't be burnt. Like, I could eat flame and stick my head in an oven and close the door and turn it visible. And ca- hey, will you kids keep it down in there? Your mother's got a splitting egg. And knock off that boasting. The same old senseless posturing has got you ready to chunk your terrarium and start raising sea monkeys. Hold the bus. You've got the bragging rights to the best mix of freeform music and public affairs. Right here on WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor, 88.3, Radio Free. No lion. I can speak 12 languages and turn into plastic, man. Well, I could talk to animals and turn into Stretch Armstrong and the Flash. I seen Star Wars and Planet of the Apes eight trillion times. Yeah, well, I seen Tatum O'Neill naked. Yeah, well, I could eat 900 boxes of Count Chocula, and my uncle used to host Whopper Room, and he knows Count Chocula, Godzilla, and Bruce Lee personally. I got an iron neck. I thought I told you to keep it down in there. If I hear one more word, you're getting head cheese for dinner, and I mean it. I can juggle machetes. Man, I ate the brown acid at Woodstock. You liar. What's up with all the clothes in the parking lot? Seriously. Sorry, I must have dropped them. Dan, you can't take your clothes off until we're in the studio. Yeah, we do the show semi-live and semi-nude, not the parking lot. See, I just like to think of Wednesday as naked day. Me too. I have a hard time putting clothes on at all. Actually, naked time is only from 6 to 7, not all day. 
At least wear a feather boa the rest of the time, Dan. Speaking of six to seven, it's almost time. Crud, we have to hurry. See, I am ready to go, and you fools have to strip still. Well, I'm wearing my easy-release stripper clothes. Ta-da! All right, y'all, let's start the show. It's 6 o'clock on Wednesday. Time for Closets Are for Clothes on WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. The next hour is going to be bursting with news, reviews, and interviews for the TBLG community, our friends, families, and allies. And we are your hosts, the cool kids. Dan. Meredith. Christy. And Greg. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. Is that... Welcome. Is that us? Yeah. I think it's us. Is that us? Okay, you can yeah. hear me. Okay, great. Well, it's Wednesday, April 20... No, 19th. 19th. Yeah. <laughs> I'm confused. And if you are a brand new listener... And why would they be a brand new listener? Well, because if you happen to check out the newspaper this past Sunday, Closets Are For Clothes was featured on the front page of the entertainment section. Woohoo! A very large picture of all of us. A very large picture like of the, all of us. Almost the whole top of the fold. Oh, it was a big story. It's a big story on us. Man, oh man, it's like um, three quarters of the page, yeah, and then and we then go, go on go, to the next. Absolutely. Goodness gracious. And I like that they left me being a person of mystery. You can only see a little <laughs> bit of me. I like that. Um so you'll just have to go on recognizing but Christy, me by my voice. you are a person voice. of mystery. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I want to welcome any new listeners to our show. Thank you very much for joining us. Yes, exactly. And Closets testing us out. Close. Yeah. And it is April 19th, just in case I sounded too confused to be convincing. <laughs> I was kind of like, we went through that. Uh, earlier right. in that. So how are you, Dan? I'm doing I'm doing great. I mean, just this past uh, week has been just, uh, it started off with this great article. And thank yeah. you very much, Roger Lelever, for uh, Absolutely. writing thank it. Absolutely. Thank you very and much. Because I, I remember we were just, we were thinking that it was just going to be a, oh, just a buried story. Right, kinda... like some cute little piece about this quaint little gay radio yeah. show. and. <laughs> Exactly. It was the whiz banger. It was. I was. I was stunned, and and we all looked so good and yeah. actually interesting. So, um, but and so and then it was fun. Then going into work the next day, and well, actually on Sunday. So of course I bought like twenty of them. Sure. And um and I didn't go to like one of the little boxes and pay only a dollar fifty and then grab the ten that are in there. I actually went to a store and good for and you. bought them and things and um. And then I played Delivery Boy. So then I went to various people's houses and started delivering and said, oh, I just thought you might be interested in the Ann Arbor News. And, and those that caught it right away, were, it was exciting. And then those that were like, oh, well, it must have, our neighbor must have just left it for us. And I was <laughs> like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, what are we going to do today? Let's look at the entertainment section. <laughs> I tried to lead them. They're like, I thought we were just going to go for a walk. Well, yeah, but we might want to do something after that. Like this, So that was kind of fun. And then um, going to work and... And then just uh, people, every time I turned around, they, it was, uh, uh, people were mentioning how they saw me in the paper and they, and they actually said something nice about us. So this was really great. And yeah. thank you to Jim Fuster and, um, Kate Brindle, Brindle and, and Keith Orr yes. for saying such wonderful things about us. Yes. Well, I want to thank them all in turn as they're on the show. That's they were right. very generous. With the praise, and not that we don't deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> never not ever so humble. <laughs> right, but we should also, you know, show our gratitude to yes. the folks that that said those wonderful, wonderful things. And if you missed out on your chance to read that article, you can go to mlive.com, do a little search for closets are for clothes, and it'll how we bring do it, it up. Because yeah. I've been looking and looking, and because I want to kind of send it to some folks that are yeah, in the area. Yeah, you can just do it online. It should be there. Oh. I haven't tried. Okay, because I tried. 
Well, maybe and, I should. Yeah, maybe we can link there. it to our website. I mean, it's only online for 14 days. Right. They don't keep it on there forever. Right. Well, so, I tried it on Monday and couldn't seem to get anywhere. So I thought, wow, goodness. So um, maybe it wasn't up yet. Oh, there we go. Gotcha. I've experienced that before. Ah, okay. I haven't looked yet personally. Gotcha. But yes, M Live would be a good spot to kind of like go check it so out. Yeah, you can check that out, or you can go to the library and you can look at Sunday's paper there. If what they a novel still idea. Have it. Um, and check it out. It is the very front page of Section C, the entertainment section, because we are so very entertaining <laughs> around these parts. Well, I do have another issue, but how are, how has your week been? My week's been good. You know, I installed a car seat today. <gasps> Holy moly. Car. Well, I've, just, I've been very anxious about the car seat. Um, was really feeling... Cause the big, the whole car? The whole car. The car seat. No, no, no. For the baby. Oh, oh. I thought you meant for the whole, like, the, what no, the people actually no, no, sit no, no, in. No, no. Oh, no, okay. No, for the baby. I've been very anxious about it because, well, earlier in her pregnancy, Danielle was very into watching all these baby shows on TV. Uh. You know, they show them in the middle of the day, and she would actually videotape them and watch them at night, like, every day. Oh, my goodness. Every single one of them, when they would bring the baby home... They would not have installed the car seat yet. Oh. And so they would be figuring it out. While they're leaving the hospital. While they're, oh. When they leave the hospital. And they won't actually let you leave most hospitals until you have it installed. Like Good. Yeah. If you, you know, I guess the parking garage attendants or whatever are instructed to call security. And it's a big deal. Gotcha. Well, and it should be. Yes. But I was very anxious about it. About getting it installed and and taking care of it and wanting it to be in there. We've had our car seat for quite some time. Um, somebody bought it for us back in January, so we've had. Oh, it okay, gotcha. But um, it had to be unassembled and all the upholstery laundered because that's you know it's upholstery, which is gotcha. that filling is made with a lot of chemicals, and we wanted to wash that. Okay. Everything before we put our baby next to it, and that was the hardest jigsaw puzzle I've ever put together. Really? It was. Why do they make it so difficult? I mean, because well, don't you take that thing in and out, or is it? Well, like they do, but the issue is this, the the padding and the upholstery is on there really well. So, because you can't have babies around loose oh. things, they have to be tight and snug. So there's a lot of very not stretchy elastic straps that have to go a very far distance and gotcha things like that to make sure that it's tight and and on there and because you take it off and okay you've got all right i figured it all out i took it off then you wash it but you can't dry it so it's like three or four days later before when you put it back on oh my word i don't know about most people but i did not remember all of the things i did to take it off right especially three days later right i mean the instructions are there but they're not as as desirable, they're not the kind of instructions that I appreciate because it's filled with a lot of jargon. Right. You know the the recline bar. What exactly is the recline <laughs> bar? It's the part where they put the feet up. You know, right. where they just push that, pull yeah, that back. That's and, what I would think too, yeah. but that's not what it is. So it took a long time to get it all set back. To, and I was very high strung, uptight about this car seat and right. thinking. You know, we cannot have this baby until <laughs> that's done. And right. So now I actually totally feel ready, which is cool. Good. And it's so, all secured in there? It's right as far there. as I can tell, I'm going to have my a friend of mine who's incredibly strong yank on the um, 
the seat for me, the yes. seat belt thing, yes. make sure it's as tight as it can go. Okay. Um, I did it as hard as I could, but he's definitely stronger than me, so I'm going <laughs> to have him grab it and pull. Yes. Um, and I will. what I will say, though, is that in newer cars, installing it in the car is mm-hmm. a piece of cake. Okay. There are actually special loops. Oh. Um, that are there's a bar that's in the seat of the car that is um, welded to the frame, so oh. it's very very secure. It's much more secure than just a seat belt. Okay. And so you have if you have a newer 2002 or newer car, it just buckles right onto that that oh, bar. Oh, nice. Which is really it was super super easy. And it, yes, it, what was hard was getting that strap that you have to buckle to that bar in the right place on the car seat. Right. That was hard. Yeah, gotcha. But I do want to say, if you're driving around with a car seat or about to put a car seat in a car, that you should call your local police department. You can, if you, I would encourage folks okay. to call your local police department or a baby supply store like that sells baby stuff and ask them when they're having a uh, an inspection because mm. you can get it, your car seat inspected to make sure that it's installed properly. In fact, I've learned that most car accidents where a baby or a child is, in, is injured mm-hmm. is because the, not because they weren't in a car seat, but because they were in an improperly installed car seat. Wow. So... FYI. Yes, exactly. And have you made that phone call yet? I've not, because my car seat's only been installed for about an hour. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to have my friend yank on that strap later tonight, and then tomorrow I'm going to make the phone call. Fantastic. Wow, you're getting all prepped for this. I mean, you were working on the, uh, a couple weeks ago, painting the baby's Mm -hmm. room and assembling all the different things that need to be assembled. Yeah, we assembled more yesterday. I assembled a high chair and a a baby swing and a stroller. Wow. Um, And all that. Stroller, it's huge. They make strollers, like, to compare with SUVs. It's (laughs) crazy. I was laughing when you were talking like, yeah, it's even got its own uh, GPS system. It doesn't have GPS. Yes, but it does actually have a temperature gauge because, okay, let me just tell you. Okay, there was a look I gave her that she came here over the radio, but go ahead. The deal with the stroller is that we did not pick it out for all of these extra features that it has. Okay. That, that is the that is nothing to do with why we purchased or chose this particular stroller. Okay. Why we chose this particular stroller is that it was the right height for us. Oh. When we tested it, and its colors were acceptable. Like, ah. instead of being like blue or pink, gotcha. it's black and silver and red. It's much more oh, attractive. Oh, it's very sporty. Very sporty. It's very yeah. attractive. It suits us. Now, this also comes with this weird thing where you can totally enclose your baby in this, like, <coughs> nylon stroller bubble. And that's why it has the temperature gauge, so you can monitor the temperature inside the enclosure. Wow! Right. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. Well, but it but I, it does make sense. You want to make sure that right. it's not the. If you're, you ever use that feature, yeah, that you, you know you're not going to overheat the baby. Rec- they can't regulate their own temperature until they're a certain age, so it's it's a good thing. So we're going to take a quick break. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to speak with Carrie Moylan, who's a um, coordinator of sexual assault services at Safe House Center. So let's take a quick break. And we'll be right back. Sounds good.
All right. Welcome back to Closets Are for Clothes. And joining us on the telephone is Carrie Moylan. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself? Oh, we're doing we're doing great. That's right. Here. We're doing very well. Um, so Mar- April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, um, which of course means you're probably pretty busy. But thank you very much for joining us. And we also wanted to make sure that we spent a little time talking about that on the show. So could you maybe give us just a quick rundown of the incidents of sexual assault, both in the general population and in the specific community of LGBT folks? Absolutely. Um, About one out of every three women experiences um, some form of sexual assault in their lifetime, and about one out of every six men experiences sexual violence in their lifetime. Um, And, of course, you can imagine that those numbers overlap a lot with folks who are in the um, LGBTIQ community. So um, we know that this is something that's relevant to um, straight people, gay people, and everybody else. Um, There are not... A whole lot of studies done on um, how many, in particular on lesbian or gay or um, transgender communities around the incidence of sexual assault. Um, But we do know from a few studies that, um, you know, men are survivors, men are perpetrators, women are survivors, and women are perpetrators of sexual violence. So, um, you know, there's a lot more work that could be done on kind of the numbers and the to pin that down a little better. Um, but we certainly see it at Safe House um, and, you know, rape crisis centers across the country um, are seeing people from, from all communities come through their doors. And I, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I don't normally hear about the, that uh, women are perpetrators or that men are um, survivors. And so that's, that's, that's something new, um, for me at least, because I usually always hear the story of how men are perpetrating women. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some of us in the um, rape crisis movement and in the, the centers working with this population, I think, do a lot to sort of perpetrate this idea that it's um, men you know, committing these acts of violence against women. And while um, that's in the majority of cases what is, in fact, happening, um, I think that sometimes we sort of play in and silence um, the lesbians and gay men who have experienced sexual violence. You know, we don't talk about it. We, we, um, you know, don't spend a lot of time kind of educating the public, which is why I'm really glad um, to have this chance to talk on your show today. Um, It's interesting. I was actually reading an issue of um, a lesbian magazine recently, and you'll have to forgive me, I forget which magazine it was, Um, and there was an article in it about sexual assault, and I thought, oh, great, this is fabulous, and I started reading the article, and um, it was basically about how, you know, most sexual violence is committed by acquaintances, and even lesbians have male friends. Um, And it sort of perpetuated this idea that it's only men committing violence, and I was so saddened by the fact that... um, you know, this national magazine, which reaches so many lesbians, didn't even mention the fact that there are women who commit sexual assault against their female partners, against friends. And I thought it was just such an opportunity missed um, to spread right. some awareness mm-hmm. about about that as well. Yeah, so I just want to clarify um, what something that you're saying, because I, I kind of understand it, but I don't know if, if it's clear for everyone else, that, is that you're not saying necessarily that women... Um, commit acts of sexual assault at the same rate as men, just that probably in the LGBT community there are a lot of women perpetrators perpetrating sexual violence against women, not necessarily a lot of women perpetrating sexual violence against men. Yes, that is correct. 
And so then on the reverse, what if for with men that are survivors, are they um, with, with the information knowing that they're most likely not women, but it's other men that are perpetrating the sexual assault on other men? Yes. Okay. Yep, that is also um, the case. And we know that most... Um, you know, when we're talking about, um, particularly when you're talking about child sexual abuse, most perpetrators of sexual abuse are actually heterosexual men, whether they perpetrate against male or female victims. Um, most of those perpetrators will self-identify as heterosexual, will, you know, engage in heterosexual consensual adult relationships. Um, that's also something that I think gets twisted a lot mm-hmm. sort of in the media. Um, but even in adult, um, in cases of adult sexual assault involving men, the perpetrators are most often other men. Gotcha. And that's so, important. And that is important. I think the majority of the cases when we're talking about sexual assault are heterosexual couples where men are perpetrating it against women. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and I'm, can I guess, or actually better not be good for me to guess, but <laughs> I'm assuming that it's probably a high percentage, like 90% that we're probably talking about are men who are doing the perpetrating. Um, yes, I would say even higher. Than okay, that. that's okay. I was being very concerned. Okay, I'm yeah. okay, like 90, I was even thinking 98, but okay. Yeah, somewhere so, around there. So, yeah, okay, so we are talking number. definitely, so when we're saying majority, we're not talking about 51%. We are talking right. about right. 98% <laughs> of men. We're not talking about a George Bush type yeah. mandate. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what we're referring to. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right. So... Obviously, since there are members of our community, the LGBTI community, as well as not members of the of our allies, you mm-hmm. know, who've been affected by sexual assault, what are some things that are helpful to hear if you're a survivor? If this has happened to you, you know, if this happened to a friend of mine, what would be helpful for me to say to her? Yeah, you know, that's a really great question. Um, and I think all of us are touched by sexual violence in one way or another. If it's not ourselves, it's somebody that we know or care about. So this comes up a lot for people. Um, I think some of the best things to say are, I believe you. Um, It's not your fault. You didn't deserve for this to happen. Um, Things that seem really basic but are so important for survivors to hear. Um, The other thing that's, that's just crucial is really to listen. Um, it's not even necessarily a what can you say, but can you just listen to somebody? Can you um, and listen non-judgmentally? Um, listen in a way that shows that you're being supportive, that you're not judging them for what happened, that um, you know you're not going to hold it against them, but that you're there to support them and listen. Um, sometimes it's also really helpful to try to help connect your friend with resources that are out there. Um, so, you know, I'd be happy to help you make a call to a safe house or to a hotline, um, help you find a counselor or find some way to be able to talk about what happened. Um, but also to recognize that people go about the healing process in whatever way makes sense for them and at whatever um, schedule works for them. Not everybody is ready for counseling right away. Um, some people take years and some people never need counseling. They just need supportive friends and family around them. Um, and can I expand on that? Like, what what do you mean by listening? Because sometimes people have different images of what listening means, like sharing my story of abuse or sharing my story of, oh, yeah, men are pigs or, right. you know, what what do you mean by really listening? Do you, you know, yeah. could you explain that more? Because we all have a different idea of what listening means. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's a good question. I guess when I'm talking about listening, I mean, um, 
you know, truly saying, you know, what can I do to be helpful? Do you want to tell me about what happened? Do you want me just to sit here with you quietly? Um, and really, you know, if this is somebody that's your friend, you probably have built some rapport with this person, and you can kind of go with what your instincts are telling you um, that this person needs from you. But but it's that being able to listen, um, you know, asking open-ended questions, trying to stay away from questions such as, um, well, did you fight back? Did you yell? Things that you might be asking um, very innocently but could sound um, blaming to a survivor or make a survivor feel like, well, maybe, you know, maybe I didn't fight back enough or yeah. um, those kinds of things. So, you know, just finding a way to um, to try to ask really open-ended questions and... Um, and not being fact-finding, I guess. It's yeah. not like, you know, so when did it happen? Well, right. when did you cross that bridge or when did you go to that? Yeah. Um, you know, what time would you go to class again? <laughs> um, you know, yeah. So yeah. just more like letting them tell their story. Yeah, and when I um, train volunteers at Safe House, what I always say is... Um, it's our job to open the door, but let the survivor choose whether or not to walk through it. And what I mean by that Very is good. to say, um, you know, I'm here, I'll listen to whatever it is that you want to say to me. You can tell me all the gory details if you want to, um, but that's really your choice whether or not to go into that. I want you to know I'm available, I'm here, I can listen to that and support you in whatever way. But leaving that choice up to the survivor um, to choose whether or not to take that opportunity and when to take the opportunity. Right. So speaking of opportunities, um, what about opportunities where I might see um, or where I can intervene um, on when I see something ab- that looks like violence? Yeah. Or about to be violent? Yeah. You know, that's a really, um, a really great question because I think it's something that we all see in little ways all the time, whether it's... Um, you know, jokes about rape, whether it's um, sexist or homophobic jokes or comments that are being made, um, you know, finding a way to say something or to be the one person to stand up and say, you know, that really wasn't funny. Or I, I know you were just trying to make a joke, but, you know, let's think about what, what was really behind what was being said there. And, um, you know, a lot of studies and work has been done to show that most people, when they hear a sexist or homophobic comment, are um, upset about it. But if nobody says anything, it just goes by and sort of, you know, re-perpetuates that, that mm-hmm. cycle. And it usually just takes sort of one strong person to stand up and say, you know, I was upset with that. And more often than not, other people in the room will say, yeah, you know, that bothered me too. Um, you know, certainly we know that a lot of incidents of sexual violence you know, occur at the hands of acquaintances, often, you know, parties or places like that. If you see something that looks suspicious, somebody trying to take somebody upstairs or maybe putting something in somebody's drink, obviously there are ways that we can intervene in those situations as well. Um, Just checking in with, you know, the person who you think might be in danger, saying, are you okay? Is this all right with you? Um, Certainly some of the, you know, having your friends that you go to a party or a bar with, Looking out for you, making sure that you're in safe situations are always always good ideas. Right. And I think at this moment is actually a really good uh, time to point out, and of course Carrie and I have talked about this at length in the past, <laughs> that um, 
and perhaps, Carrie, you can elaborate on what I'm about to say, but that it's important for all of us to recognize that the the sexual assault, the responsibility for that relies or rests with the perpetrators, mm-hmm. not with the people who are, are are being victimized or surviving sexual assault. You know, when we say things like, don't set your drink down, don't walk alone, we're, what we're doing is we're saying... It's your fault. It's your responsibility to make sure that you don't get raped. And then, and again, we don't want to tell people not to do those things because everybody needs to do what they need to do to feel safe. But at the same time, I think it's I think it's more of a community responsibility to make sure that perpetrators are not victimizing people. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that's what the hard part is. Is this is is it's so easy to say, oh, don't put your drink down because you don't know what someone's put in there. Okay. I mean, it'd be wonderful to be in a situation where you can be able to put a drink down and just trust that the community won't put anything in there. Right, right, right. But right. at the same time, but I, I think the other thing we need to also know is that the and I'm assuming that a lot of the perpetration does not happen in the in public. There are certain, but there mm-hmm. are certain signs to look for. Um, that do happen in the public, right. you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and could, could there be some things that you could elaborate on those? I know there's probably uh, several ways you could branch out <laughs> into that, <laughs> to, to yeah. that answer, but like different things, like if I am at a party or I am with some friends or. Right. Well, you know, and it's so hard because, um, unfortunately rapists don't walk around with the word rapist tattooed on their forehead. That's why I'm not um, finding them. <laughs> <laughs> that would make things a lot easier sometimes. Yeah. But, um, so often, most um, perpetrators of sexual assault seem like very charming individuals. They, you know, are you know helping you get your drink at the party, or maybe they're your best friend, or your, you know, somebody you've known for years. And so, um, you know, there aren't always really easy signals that we can kind of read ahead of time. And I think it sort of gets back to some of what um, Christy was talking about—that you know, we put a lot of responsibility on. Um, potential survivors to look out for dangerous situations. And, um, you know, in some ways that's the easy thing to to do because we all want to feel like we can do something to control our risk, that we can be safe from, you know, the horrible thought that we could be assaulted. So um, we focus a lot on what can I do to prevent this. And I think sometimes we, we miss the ways that we as a society and a community can work on prevention by changing attitudes, by um, holding perpetrators of, of sexual assault accountable, um, things like that that are sort of harder to get your hands around or feel like this is going to keep me safe. But in the end, you know, the only thing that's going to stop rape is for rapists to stop raping. And so we need to create a culture and a community in which it's not acceptable for any act of violence, but particularly any act of sexualized violence. That it, We're saying it's not acceptable for that to happen. Right. Now, this is probably an answer, a question that you probably can't answer. Are we making any progress on this? You know, I think we are. I think we are in the sense that um, it's talked about more often than it used to be. And so survivors are, um, you know, have access to counseling. They have access to um, support and, and things to help them um you know, cope with what's been going on. I think the legal system is getting better and, you know, small steps and um, and some larger steps. But so we are making progress. I think um, we're also seeing a lot more men become involved in prevention work. And I think that that's really powerful for men to see other men standing up and saying, you know, this isn't acceptable to happen to our sisters and, um, you know, our mothers and daughters, but also it's not acceptable when it happens to us. Um so I think we're making 
we're making strides, um, but there's still a long way to go. And one of the things that folks can do if they want to get actively involved, um, this is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Are there there any events or ways that folks can find out more about sexual assault, um, in particular right now, but in general, you know, it's not just now that we need to be concerned with sexual assault. Right. Well, we um, have planned a whole bunch of events that have been taking place throughout the month of April. Um, But some of the ones that are coming up soon, actually tomorrow night, we are showing a movie at Safe House called Searching for Angela Shelton. And it's a documentary about a woman named Angela Shelton who um, traveled around the country to meet all the other Angela Sheltons that she could find. And through that process, um, realized that over half of the women she met were survivors of sexual violence. And so she made this really powerful documentary about that experience. Um, So that's showing at 5.30 tomorrow at um, Safe House. And um, Saturday we are participating in an event called Planting Awareness where we're going to be um, planting some um, different flowers and trees and stuff like that in um, recognition of sexual assault survivors. And probably my favorite event is happening um, in about a week and a half called Operation Freefall, where a number of us um, staff, volunteers, and friends of Safe House are going to be skydiving in an attempt to raise money and awareness for sexual assault services. So um, those are just a couple of the things we have coming up um, in the next couple weeks. Um, so now, we- how, now how does that work with, I, I'm intrigued by, you got me with the skydiving. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that work? Yeah, well, several of us have been um, hounding our friends and family for donations, and um, we each had to collect at least $600, and then we skydive, um, and, you know, we get media there, and we try to help that to sort of bring some awareness in the community about sexual assault services. And the proceeds of the money that we raised, um, some of the proceeds go to Safe House here in Ann Arbor to help local services, and then some of the proceeds go to the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, which operates a national hotline, and they actually just started an online hotline as well. Um, So it sort of helps national services as well as local services. Um, We're still able to accept donations, and we're certainly um, welcoming anybody who wants to cheer us on from the ground um, to come support us. Right on. So if folks wanted to get more information about any of these events or about sexual assault in general or were a survivor and needed some assistance, where could they go? Who could they call? Yeah. Well, the number for Safe House, we have a 24-hour helpline. Um, there's always somebody there to answer questions, provide information, listen, talk, whatever anybody needs. And that number is 734-995-5444. And we also have a website which has um, some basic information, and that website is safehousecenter.org. Center, C-E-N-T-E-R or C-T-R? C-E-N-T-E-R. So safehousecenter.org. Org. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, good luck with the skydive. Thank you. I hope you don't break a leg. I know. <laughs> <laughs> me too. And I would normally be cheering from the ground, but I don't think you'll hear me. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. You'd probably be screaming to the ground. Yeah. Right. So. so thank you very much, Carrie, for joining us tonight, um, especially on a little bit of short notice. I really, really appreciate oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Um, and if anybody at Safe House needs a, a voice on the radio, they're welcome to call us anytime. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Without a doubt. Have a good night. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. 
Go ahead, and we're going to be uh, join. We're going to take a quick break, and right. we are going to be joined by Jeremy from the infamous Washtenaw Rainbow Action Project. Hi, this is Kevin Correa from the LGBT Affairs Office at the University of Michigan. Check out Closets Are for Clothes on Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. right here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And we're, we're back. back. <laughs> See, it's just a short break. Since we're non-commercial radio, we just take little breaks. Exactly, exactly. None of these like 20-minute ones that I take no, at work. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Nothing like that. Not even enough time to go get a drink of water. Oh, man. So, so yes. <laughs> We are back on Closets Are for Clothes and WCBN, and we're joined with by Jeremy Merklinger. Woohoo! Welcome. Hi. Wow, like your you haircut. got a big... I just did it today. I'm scratchy. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. And you got quite a stack of uh, stuff to tell us about. Oh, yes. There's always stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always got something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Well, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who helped move um, rap because it was very, very easy to move when you have a lot of people there helping. That's great. So if any of you are listening, thank you so much. We actually had a lot of teenagers help that mm. uh, from community and wow. here Pioneer. Uh, we had a lot of community members helping, friends, family, allies. It was really good. And it would have been a really easy move, too, just because you don't have to load into a truck and then unload the truck. You just carry it across right. the street. Right. Although sometimes that's just more frustrating because you're like, why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 10 steps away. <laughs> but it was a re- it's a really good thing. that it, I really love our new space. And anybody who hasn't been out yet, um, our, it's perfect to uh, talk about the open house that's coming up next Saturday, the 29th, April 29th. Wow. Um, we're having an open house. And... Uh, Everyone is welcome to come out. We're going to have hors d'oeuvres and drinks and tours of the new RAP space. And um, we're going to have all the groups meeting that meet at RAP and use the space. Um, There are a lot of groups that meet that aren't necessarily like um, social or or open to the public groups. There are a lot of boards that meet there. Um, So we're going to have them out talking to people that come in about their organizations that, that meet at RAP. Um, so they don't necessarily, like, Lesbian Moms Network, the board meets at RAP, but the Lesbian Moms don't actually come and meet there socially or anything. Right. So, so it's it's a chance for Lesbian Moms to get out there and, and talk to people about LMN at a different location mm-hmm. than they're used to. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's coming up, and that's really, really exciting. So if you haven't been out there to see it, it's 319 Braun Court, which is our new address, which is right next to Common Language Bookstore. And you can also, um, if you have any questions, you can give me a call at 734-995-9867, or you can email me at jeremy at rap-up.org. Yeah. That's so. really exciting. Yeah, and it would be nice to be able also just to find out the different resources that are in the community, just by showing up to it. Right, just mm-hmm. know what the different mm-hmm. groups are. Yeah, and not that's a great might way be, to find out. Yeah, not if you're looking for something, but just happen to run across something. Exactly. And another good thing, um, oh, another good way to find out is also if you want to get on our e-list. Um, every week I send out an email that has not just rap information, but community information for LGBT and allies. Um, and I'm trying to get as much as much information on there as possible without making it gigantic. And I'm trying to focus more on Washtenaw County than other places, too. So if you have any groups or LGBT things that go on, um, you can always email me, jeremy at wrapup.org, and I would be more than happy to put that on there. Um, 
we work in conjunction with the University of Michigan and EMU, and a lot of the things that are happening on campus that are open to the public, we have those on our things, uh, on our email. And then things that are just for the college campus stuff, mm-hmm. they have that on their emails. And so there's a way for us to to get Filter the it. word out. To right, people, exactly. Um, and and those e- community. Yeah, and those emails have been um, really helpful in just helping me to know what's going on. And, Absolutely. And in fact, reminded me of a few things that I was like, oh, that's right, that yeah. still is happening. And I was really happy to see, just because I haven't been attending or, or supporting that different org- that organization, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I, I'm glad they're still they're still moving and shaking. Right, so, right. It's, it's just a way to keep yourself informed of what's going on in your community. Um, So, I mean, maybe you're not interested in going to some event, but somebody might just mention, yeah, I really wish there was this in town. And you can actually say, oh, guess what? (laughs) I know of that. (laughs) Because, I mean, I've learned a lot just by doing this myself. I didn't know that there was any gay Catholic group in town, but there is. Um, Or even a Buddhist, gay Buddhist group. Yeah, yeah, I've talked about that before, too. Well, or even things like when you change your interest. I mean, that's one of the things that I was definitely not... you want to learn something new. Yeah, like I was not even interested in any type of sporting, the sports Mm -hmm. or things like this, but then I was like, oh, wait a minute, when does that bowling league start? Or when is Aqua happening? And... Um, and just and well, our, our front runners, yeah. So I mean, there's a there's a baseball team that or softball team that's gonna say happening. We're softball. talking about the gays. Softball. <laughs> softball. <laughs> softball. That's right. And also, there's like um, there's same sex dance lessons going on around town oh, too. Yeah. So like those are things that you don't necessarily hear about all the time. And mm-hmm. um. But I send that out on a weekly basis just to update people. Yeah. We went to those same-sex dance lessons. We learned how to do the merengue. Ooh. Yeah. It was very fun. Yeah. Now Danielle's a little too pregnant for that sort of thing. But <laughs> <laughs> he wants to go. It was cool. <laughs> well, now you can do it with the, with the bean. That's right. right. The bean's here. We can do a little the bit. the bean's here. Exactly. Yep. But wow. But yeah. I mean, there, uh, like Hark, Hark's Dining for Dollars is coming up. Um, that's oh, on man. our uh, I forgot e- about list. that. Affirmations Big Bash is coming up. That's not necessarily Washtenaw County, but... But they're real supportive of our community. It's a big deal. Right. Yeah. So it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and the new space, I have to admit, it um, it is wonderful. I mean, I... Oh, I you've took, been in there. Yes. I, I took right, a quick right. tour, and I, I kind of forced myself in. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Good and, for you, Dan. You know, without even lube. It was great. <laughs> and uh, just got a little, myself... A little broke back mountain uh, yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. A little extra spit Whoa. got in. That and, wasn't even me this time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but went in, and the place is amazing. Jeremy, this place is is a great. There are so many things you can do there now. I mean, oh yeah, you don't have just two big open rooms. You have right. like at least four, four big rooms, four spaces. Yeah, yeah. And we're we're so excited. I mean, there are so you're right. There are so many different things. Um, one thing that we're expanding our services in, um, Hark has always tested at RAP and done needle exchange at RAP, and. When they do that, because it's um, anonymous, I almost said unanimous, um, <laughs> because it's anonymous um, and the space that we had before was an open floor plan where it was just open rooms, we had to actually be closed while they were doing the testing. Uh. So there were spots of time, and the reason that they do it at the time they do it, like Sunday nights from 9 to 11, is because we weren't open. Right. Right. Um, Monday um, afternoons. But now they have the opportunity to to do their testing in a space where we can actually be open, which does more than one thing. It it allows us to be open more. Mm -hmm. Um, It allows more traffic to come through. And it also kind of um, 
takes away some of that, like, it's still anonymous, but it's not as... Like there's not so much stigma. Stigma. Yeah, that's the word exactly. I'm there's not so much stigma. I think that's. I think people need to make it as part of their regular checkup. Um, right. Is that you know I get tested for HIV or STD or if you are you sexually know. active you need to be tested. Yes. And we're. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to because I can. Um, <laughs> we're we're talking with the health department about doing STD testing now. Um, because we have the facility that we can do that in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And that's so exciting to me because now people can not only get tested for H- they will be able to not only get tested for HIV, but any STD. Right. And, right. And they don't have to go to the health department. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's a friendly space for LGBT people. Not that the health department isn't, but. Well, you know. but, but, but it's, a, it's a more convenient spot. I mean, right. I think the thing is that mm-hmm. the, the parking is easier. The, now you have to go through all the different hallways. Right. You know, e- Yes, the people are friendly, but it's it's also um, it's much more so much more accessible to folks. Right, and, and you may already be sh- there. Yes, right. right. You may already be doing something. Yeah. In that either either at RAP or in that general area of mm-hmm. town, and to go to the health department is if you live in Ann Arbor, it's a little bit of a trek. It's right. not. Yep. And you have to make a special trip if mm-hmm. you're not going to that part of Ipsy on That's a regular right. basis. So I mean, this is. Uh, this is a great thing yeah. to have it's it readily so, accessible so like exciting. that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they have yeah. multiple meetings happening. I mean, that was oh, one of the right. things that the noise level in the old place, you could hear <laughs> each other. And, yeah. and with my, of course, you know, wallflower, you know, voice, right. Um, right. you know, that never carries. <laughs> right. People have to sit very close to hear me yeah. all the time. I understand <laughs> what you're saying. Right. That, you know, but you can, you can have multiple meetings now yeah. while you're it, there. So it's really, really exciting. Yes. And the fact is that since we've moved, we've actually added three or four new groups that are meeting there now. Great. Just because the space is more um, conducive to multiple groups. Because we great. had groups that wanted to meet on the same night and couldn't because right. there just wasn't the room. So um, we're expanding our services. We've expanded our hours. We're now open Monday through Friday, 1 to 9. I mean, if you do call and we don't answer, it's because the volunteer isn't in. But you right. know, we, we are supposed to be open from 1 to 9. So if you actually call and get mad about that, I'm more than happy to have you email me and let me know as long as you're willing to volunteer. That's right. So, because um, we need volunteers for office hours and... Yes. Um, and for all kinds of different things. Well, just and to be able it, to greet people. I mean, what yeah. a great way. I mean, especially, I'm going to reveal, being in the space, they have right at the door a, a desk where you can mm-hmm. actually be greeted and like, oh, okay, they're meeting upstairs. Oh, that's right around the corner. Right. Oh, that's a different night. Um, but one of the things I loved about when I volunteered at RAP is that I got to meet so many different people. Yeah. You know, and people do come through there and you mm-hmm. just get to get to know people. You get to know about the community. I mean, just being there, you also find out. I mean, we're talking about just your your email list, but uh, you're right. actually participating and you've got the calendar in front of you. Exactly. So, um, I mean, we're actually averaging between 75 and 100 people coming through there every week. Wow. Which may not seem like a lot, but, you know, who and knows yeah. how many... We, we've started tracking about a year ago, and it's amazing to know how many people are coming in and out of the yeah. building. That's 5,200 people a year. That's yeah. a lot of people. Um, and I, ma- I started having the volunteers... Um, keep track because i was like well i wonder like are we utilizing the space well do we do we need this big of a space and then once i realized you know yeah we're, we're meeting a lot of people every week and yes. every month and definitely and it's just going to be a great hangout spot even yeah. i mean just even come it's, in 
It's Find a community out what's going center. On. Right. So, exactly. So I think this is so much more a community center than what we had. Yeah. So this is definitely a step up. Good job, Jeremy. I'm so excited. Not just Jeremy. Everybody made this possible because without donations to RAP and without people volunteering and without the support of the community, we wouldn't have a community center. Right. And there's no reason on earth that Ann Arbor and Ipsy in Washtenaw County would not have a community center. Yes. If Ferndale can have one <laughs> and they can build a $5.3 million building, then RAP can move into a bigger space and, and have a community center for Ann Arbor right. and Washington County. Supported. So speaking of support, you had a pretty whiz-banger of fundraiser this past weekend, didn't you? Yes. It was a lot of fun. If you missed the brunch, then I'm sorry. You missed a good time. You certainly did. Yes. Um, we had a brunch at the Out Bar. We called it our tax breakfast. Haha, <laughs> break. Breakfast. <laughs> okay. Um, it looks better when it's on paper. It looks better on paper. Um, but we had that, and we had 46 people um, on April 15th. So I thought that was really impressive because everybody's out scrambling to finish their taxes and get That's them in the right. So that was really good. We made almost... Am I allowed to say money numbers? Well, as long as you're not talking about a ticket price. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah. We made almost... Um, Six hundred dollars, great in like three hours. Yeah, that's excellent so, for yeah. three hours of time. That's really yeah. great, and thanks to the Outbar for. I mean, they they put a lot of effort into their brunches for fundraisers, yes. and we're gonna have another one focused around the gay games when it comes up. So I'll keep you posted on that. Um, but rap is rap is really exciting, and and there's a lot going on right now. Yeah. Um, well, and even there, I mean, I think you had um, less people actually registered, and people just yeah. stopped to even stopped by because yeah. we were having such a good time. We had thirty people you know? register, and we ended up with forty six people. So yeah, it so, was good. It was yeah, very good. You know? And everybody I've talked to has said, "Oh, it was so great," and everybody was so friendly. I mean, we had board members there greeting people and serving coffee and. Um, just making sure everybody was having a good time, and and it was it was just great. Definitely, it was great. Definitely, yeah. I mean, even tables were talking amongst each other. I yeah, mean, it was really like a typical like a community. It was community. That's you know, awesome. You know, gosh, people coming in like because I went to the early shift, and then there were some people coming in for the late shift, and they, I mean, they were early for their their the late shift, if you will, right. kind of thing. But they were like too busy. They were right on time because they were too busy hugging everybody. Like, oh, you know, good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. I mean, there was people I haven't seen in a couple years. And right, stuff. and he in fact made a uh, uh, connection uh, between uh, two businesses while there. So even business was being done. So that's great, yeah. That's I mean, excellent. that's that's the whole reason I do what I do is mm-hmm. I, I feel like in this area we should feel like a community. We're we're Midwest people. That's that's what our lives are all about is community and family. And I, I think in our area, without having something like that it just doesn't feel right right like you may have your friends and you know and acquaintances outside of your your gayness but you know it's nice to have a community that you can go to and feel welcomed and have that connection with people and see people that you know and right I, Mm -hmm. i that's why i do this so that there there are people that that come out can have that connection exactly um it just That's really nice. makes me excited. Yes, so. definitely. Yeah. Well, Good Jeremy, job. thank you so much no for problem. joining us. Anything else from RAP you want to let um, us know about? Oh, just email me and get on our email <laughs> list. All right. Jeremy at wrapup.org. And if you want more information about what's going on at RAP, you can give them a call at 734-995-9867. There is, of course, a link to RAP on our website. There is. Which is closetsontheair.com. Stop by for a spell. Um, and you can link up to RAP there and get on the e-list and find out all about 
all the great information. And it, you guys made that brunch sound fabulous. It so really did. I'm going to yeah. make sure I'm at the next one. Good. Terrific. Yeah, so, sure. yeah. <laughs> See, there'll be two more. Three more. Right. Three more. Exactly. It's with at least beans. three. That's yeah. right. <laughs> the bean won't eat anything. Right, but, right. you know, right. we'll bring the bean. Okay, good. Yay. All right, cool. We'll bring the bean. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back with Closets Are for Clothes. Yeah, you're good at it. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I said that on purpose because I knew my mic was live. Um, so, Dan, you had some other things to tell me about how you were doing that we didn't get to prior oh, to our lovely yes. guest. Well, we were. I mean, what a great lead-in. I mean, because that's sure. one of the things is that. Um, um, just, I mean, I guess the other thing was is is I'm kind of having a little little conflict. And I was wondering if you guys might be able to help me with this kind of is um you often do this <laughs> uh, right right well the problem is is that um there I, I have to admit this is not an original Dan Burns idea um I actually stole it from somebody else um and I'm gonna steal it from you by the way oh okay great. I have more connections. I'm going to steal it first. Oh man! Okay, doing the, <laughs> before the next two weeks. And so okay. um, the situation is, is that I used to attend um, the the Chandler Tea, and Miss Mrs. Chandler um, used to have this tea every single year, and would have instead of like buying her a gift or something like this, that she would ask you to actually take that money and donate it to a charity of her choice. Um, and I thought that was like a grand idea, and it got to be such a big event um, that she would actually have um, people. That she She'd actually hand out awards. She'd hand out everything. And it became a quite... I mean, the last one I attended, um, I mean, there was like 50 or 60 people there. And wow. we had... A, it was quite the spread. And... Um, and... Uh, in fact, she raised so much money that if you're downtown on Michigan Avenue, uh, down, excuse me, downtown Ipsy, that's the downtown oh, I always okay. refer to, but downtown Ypsilanti, near the Ypsilanti Library, there is a fountain uh, to the to the east of the library on Michigan Avenue, and um, she raised the money uh, with all these birthday benefits to um, to buy Ypsilanti a fountain. And so I was so inspired by that, and finally, at my age, I've decided that... All right, I don't have to be so selfish anymore and get the big boxes of gifts and things like this. That I decided to um, have a birthday benefit, and I chose the migrant um, health promotions, which we should have on the air sometime soon. Okay, um, okay. Uh, but anyway, the migrant health promotions, and I chose that as my charity of choice, and so I mailed everything out, um, and I we got it. That great, great, and then it hit me. Oh my God, it's the same day, and I was like, oh, I did it again to you, Jeremy. So I'm that's sorry. Okay. But, well, what time is it though? Uh, well, it's a, it's an all day open house. Yeah. So that's the thing. You for, can go. People can go to both. And that's exactly it. Is that that's what I was going to be encouraging folks to do now that I know there's another event happening. But, um, but the problem that I'm having <laughs> is that people are going to say, Oh, well, why don't I take you out to dinner? And um, and uh, since I can't make the benefit, well, in the invitation it says if you can't make it or you can't donate or whatever, I really don't want the gift, the dinner, you know, I want you to donate that money. And people are having a lot of issues with this. Really? They're yeah. really like, well, no, 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 I can do both. I can do dinner and then I'll just contribute five or ten dollars. <laughs> and I went, oh, no, 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 I want that thirty dollar dinner to go to migrant health right, promotions. Right, right. You know, and if you can't make it to the thing, put on the memo line, 
Dan Burns's birthday, you know, and I really what I really wanted the you know not to have that. I mean. I, I go out to dinner with people all the time, so it's not like a big deal for me to go out to dinner on my birthday. Right. But it was one of those things that I was like, and thank you. Another thing, I don't want to sound selfish in the sense <laughs> of that um, I, I don't appreciate the acknowledgement of my birthday. Mm-hmm. And so I, mm-hmm. that is, I, I do appreciate that. But people are having like, well, well, you know, you got, you, we have to do something for you. And, and I'm like, well, they are. They, they don't are. understand that. They yeah. are right. if they donate to the cause. Exactly. Right. If you're asking for something specific, this is, you know, I think when somebody asks for something specific for a gift, that that's exactly what they should get. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if I'm saying well, to you, please donate to Migrant Health Promotions for my birthday. Right. That means that's what I want. Yes. And you are doing it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it's just like a like a little kid when you ask them what do you want for Christmas, and they say I want um, the a newest pony. Barbie or the new pony. <laughs> that's what they want, kind of thing or whatever right. you know. The or I want the latest you know CD of such and such. That's what I usually get the get the kid. Right. But here I am, over thirty, and <laughs> people are not treating me like a kid. You know, they're like, oh no no, that's not what you really want. Yes, and, it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly, because technically I have everything I need. I have lots of wants, but I, you guys can't afford them. Uh, <laughs> Try know. me. Yeah, well, like a new car. <laughs> so, you know, but it's, you know, so that's one of those things where I just thought maybe I can channel some of that energy mm-hmm. um, that uh, someone else can benefit from from uh, with that energy and things like this. Because that would be just an amazing, just the Migrant Health Promotions does so much good work. They helping do. the migrant workers that come to Michigan. And they're getting, they're starting to probably feel some effects of the new immigration legislation that's coming down the pike. And they're going to be in trouble because it's about to be a felony to help anyone who's undocumented. Right. they definitely are going to need all the support they can get. Yes, definitely. And so that's where it's just I just I'm feeling I'm I'm feeling a little bit of a loss. I don't know how to explain to people get, or get the the idea across. What's that? No, you can't say that. But you <laughs> just get agitated with them and make them do it. Well, right. and that's what I've been doing is I've been turning down dinner appointments and saying, yeah. "Can you take that same amount of money and just donate it?" Because write that check now to right, my just give promotions. me the cash. Yeah. You know? I don't want to go out to dinner with you. Just give me the cash. Yeah. I mean, if that, if you have to be that blunt, then just and it turns it. them yeah. off, then they probably weren't your friend to be. <laughs> well, right, or they're not meeting my needs. They're right. not meeting your needs yeah, at that exactly. time. Exactly, and it's and your birthday. It's all about well, you. And if I want to pout, <laughs> Dan, like, what you know? is the, the date of your birth? No, you don't have to tell me the year. Uh-huh, I just, uh-huh. The actual day. It I've was never, yesterday. It was yesterday. I've never <laughs> known that in all of this time. I knew that it was in April, but I've never known the, the yes, actual day of yes. it. Yes. Well, now so. that I know that, I can sleep easier tonight. All right, good. Terrific. So thanks for tuning by to Closets Are For Clothes again this week, and we'll be back next week. I'm probably going to talk about some more feminism because oh, yes. we're on a roll then we are. this month. So thanks again, and thanks, Jeremy and Carrie Moylan. No problem. Um, and we'll see you guys the same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning into Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN-FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500. That's 763-3500. Or you can write us here at the station at 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. Or at our Ipsy office, you can reach us at P.O. Box 
9800-980-7070. Ypsilanti, Michigan, 48198. The views and opinions expressed on Closets Are Foreclosed are solely those of their speakers and are not the opinions of WCBN or our licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns, I'm Christy Cardinal. See you at the same time, same place, next week, Wednesday from 6 to 7. Peace. Hello, my name is Chris. I'll be your host for the next two hours playing Freeform. You can uh, call into the station at 734-763-3500 if you have requests or questions. This is SodaStream. Yeah. 